0: Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas Montague here, and today we have another wonderful guest joining us, Sonia Y-Single. Sonia, how are you today?
2: Quite well. I'm doing quite well. Thanks
1: it's a pleasure that. to have you here to talk about your book, Fatherless Child, today and your testimony. I believe that you have a very powerful testimony that will impact every single listener that we have here today or listening in the future. So again, thank you for being here with us. First off, where are you calling us from?
2: I'm calling from Texas, the great
1: state of Texas. Texas. Have you lived in Texas your whole life?
2: I have not. I'm originally from Louisiana.
1: Okay, excellent. I've never been to Louisiana. My name is Dallas. I've been to Texas a couple times, but excellent. Well, you are a teacher, you are a speaker and a coach there in Texas and you have twin boys. That's exciting. They're 18 years old that you said, wow, so good. And I just want to give you some time here. Our audience love to hear from our guests' testimony. So please, Tanya, just take the floor. Tell us a little bit about who you are and your story.
2: So I am definitely a blessed child of the father. Thank you so very much for having me on the show. Um, so about the book. So to go back to when I was younger, um, I would say probably, they say your first one to five years are your impressionable years. And then after that, because you're just a sponge. And then after that, you start to really question the world. So around that time, I started to wonder, like, in my neighborhood, we had all, um, mother-father homes and then, you know, children. So, you know, I started to play that game. One of these homes is not like the other one. So in my home, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have a father, but my next door neighbor, um, Anitra, which was my favorite childhood friend, her father was really, really great to me. But I wondered, you know, what was going on with my, my household that it wasn't the same. Well, Mm -hmm. at that age, um, I really didn't, I just tried to find, I guess, the answers to things myself. Um, and I grew up um, Methodist, then Pentecostal, and then um, they call it Church of God in Christ. So I knew to pray and to, to ask God for any and every answer. And during those years, I definitely had comfort. But I never brought up the question to my mom, you know, why? Um, like, where is that or anything like that? So I just took it upon myself to to pray about it. But I still had that, you know, that wondering. And during that time of me wondering, you know, why was it different and everything? uh, My next door neighbor's father pretty much filled that place for me. So that was great. Um, But just to fast forward to other, I guess, around when I was a teenager, um, I became intrigued with basketball. So I really started to treat basketball as my father because uh, it was the one thing that wouldn't let me down and validated me. Um, And it taught me discipline and, you know, better get those A's and B's. So I really look forward to that because I love the sport of basketball. So that sort of took the placeholder for that. And so as I became older, um, around uh, 31, 31. I remember having this conversation with my mom and I asked her because I had a godfather in my life. And so uh, he would come and pick me up on the weekends and I would go spend the time with uh, my god sisters. And so one one year, I'm from Natchez Louisiana, and they have the Christmas festival every year. And So when I was home during this time, um, my god sisters had said, hey, let me introduce you to uh, your nieces and, and your um, nephews. And I thought, why would she, why would she say you're on like, we're older now. You don't have to, you know? And so the same question um, arose again. I thought, well, why would she say that? So <laughs> I went to go pick up my mom when um, that evening to take her somewhere. And on that fateful day, I asked her like, mom is such and such. My dad, she's like, yes. And yeah. at the same time I did find, I felt, I felt found. I felt a bit robbed, but I did feel seemingly validated because he was always there for me, and he was always who he was supposed to be to me. Um, I don't think he ever had the idea or knew that I that he was in my life as my godfather is what you know I was told, but he always treated me as such, and my sisters always treated me as such. So it was really a um, it was really a day of awakening. Um, for me. So the reason why I did decide to write this book is because all of the emotions that I felt at once in that day, some are still feeling that at 54, you know, 60 something years old, um, 12, uh, 25 years old. And so what I found was that growing up in my years, I wanted to be validated. And so that validation for me would have came from, you know, a father you get into relationships and you find that, hey, well, if someone can't treat me like my father treated me, then it's a no go. So mm-hmm. if someone can't treat me that way, then, I, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with that. However, during those years, I still like I told you, I grew up Pentecostal um, Church of God in Christ. So I always had my father there. I always had God. I always prayed to God. I always knew that he was there for me, my creator. Um, I knew that I was the head and not the tail. I knew that I was above and not beneath. And I knew that the cattle in a thousand hills were his. And so I knew that always, I knew that I was loved, even though I felt that I did not have that human father, um, factor, but come to find out I had it all along. So that was, wow. that was
1: what a story.
0: You're listening to the faith and family fellowship podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors.
3: If you're looking for a comprehensive Bible app, look no further. Introducing the new Holy Bible app for Android. The Holy Bible app for Android includes the King James Version and English Standard Version. Read God's Word with no internet connection required. Get a daily Bible verse to strengthen your faith. Schedule a Bible reading plan. Listen to soothing, inspirational music as you read. Create a personalized Bible reading plan and daily journal to track your progress. Optionally, you can connect to the internet to share your thoughts and discuss the Bible with other users. The Holy Bible app allows you to access the Holy Bible wherever you are, and whenever you want, and delivers everything you could want from a Bible app. And it's free! Visit the Google Play app store and download the Holy Bible app today and bring the beauty and truth of God's Word into your everyday life.
1: What a story! I was not expecting this story to go like this, right? When you when you see the title of the book "Fatherless Child," I expecting a little bit different story, but wow, that's yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Talk about
2: forgiveness. <clears throat> talk about awareness. Being honest with yourself and understanding that people make decisions in the space of time in their life where they are. They may not have all of the answers, and they may not know everything, but. I tend to believe, and I will forever believe this, that people tend to make decisions for their greater good. And so it's a book about forgiveness, because if you still harbor hard feelings or feel some type of way that is adverse about those who were in your life, who you felt that caused you to be limited, then you're only holding yourself back. And so, you know, believing that God will give you a forgiving heart, and I believe you should always have a forgiving heart. Um, believing that God was there for you. Your creator will give you a forgiving heart if you ask for it. Then that that's what I leaned, um I leaned on all of those years. I leaned on his love, and his mercy, his salvation, his grace.
1: That's incredible that you ran to God. He was the answer because so many times people run to other things to fill that void you know even myself i had my both my mother and my father but they were divorced when i was a young young boy and so Mm -hmm. i even went to drugs in my life you know it wasn't the cause of that primarily but i mean it led into those things and so it's it's amazing that that you ran to god at what age did you decide god is my father
2: i would say really just early on like i said i i grew up I grew up Methodist and then later on, um, Pentecostal. So always, I mean, that was something that was number one in our, our household. Um, God is number one. If you, you cannot pray, I don't know what you're going to do, but there's, there's (laughs) if if you're not in fellowship, if you're not in communion with God, you know, we, you have a serious situation because he is your creator. He's ancient of days. He knows your purpose. He knows the plan for your life, you know? So he knows if you're looking for any answer he's definitely the answer that's yeah. just how it always been for me
1: amazing and who did you write this book for did you write it for those who grew up in a similar situation as you or maybe for the parent that has left that child who did you write this for when you were thinking
2: so, so this book should be able to and i'm sure that it does because i've gotten great reviews and people have committed me um on it it's for those who if you're in a space where you're struggling with forgiveness. If you are in a place where you're struggling with awareness, because um, I believe that the there's a wound that can be there. And if you keep filling it, like we were saying with those different things, if you run to alcohol, you run to drugs, you run to all of the different things that are pushing you further away from unearthing or digging out that, that answer, that that wound rather, and exposing it. So I I wrote it for those who are struggling with many areas of their life. You can have a situation going on, but if you're not aware that that is the one thing that is causing you to make all of these different decisions um, that are causing you to have, I guess you would say at some point, the butterfly effect, because you have this level of chaos, and then you're not really dealing with it. And if you make that one tweak early on, then it can set your life on a whole different trajectory. But if you fail to deal with that pain, that hurt or that situation that's causing you or that you're you're avoiding, if you fail to deal with it, then it'll set you on a whole nother path. But, you know, at any time along those journeys, you can stop and say, hey, whoa, okay, I have a problem with forgiveness. Why am I making that decision? Why do I feel this different way? Okay, well, Am I aware of what's going on? Is this really what, you know, happening? It's like looking at the picture in the frame versus looking at the whole frame, you know, itself. You have to really be aware, be honest with yourself and be ready to do the work, do the work. So I wrote it for, even though it's fatherless child and it's geared towards, you know, my story, but there's so many nuggets in there that as a, I guess a living being that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And it it deals with that in the number of chapters of how to actually get through those different moments so that you can go on to not be limited, to be free, to be successful, and to live the purpose and the life that God intended.
1: And I want to go back to this critical question. What Can we live without forgiveness? Because let's say that parent is away from you. They're in a different state, a different city, and you don't ever see them. Maybe you don't even know who your, your parent is, your father or mother, however for our audience today, can we live without forgiveness? What would, you, what would you say to that?
2: This is what I would say. I have two answers for that. Can you physically in this world live without forgiveness? I think you can. Will you have the life that you should have and live in the freedom that you should have and live in God's, because he loves you regardless, but to be able to actually know what his love truly is in the expansive space that it holds in your life, you will you will hold yourself up from knowing the greatness of his love if you do not have a forgiving heart. You will, you will keep bumping up against walls and bumping up against walls and limiting yourself. So will you be able to live in the fullness of his love? No. I, I, I truly believe you would not be able to have that type of experience you'll have an experience but it's not the full out one that he intended for you to have
1: so seek out forgiveness read this book follow this child get some inspiration on your story and and what you did and how god helped you overcome this situation another situation another question here what would be one piece of advice for people who did grow up in a similar background as you or let's say maybe some lies that you confronted that you needed to replace with truth? How would you answer that?
2: So I would say, so for me, God is number one in my life. I do not move without him saying, do this. Don't do that. Be patient. So I would say to have God number one in your life, in your life, trust him. Have confidence in His word and where He's leading and guiding you. Follow through, and definitely, like I will always say, just be forgiven. Just, just have a forgive, forgive yourself because that's one of the biggest part of it, parts of it, of in in this life, knowing God's love and understanding the fullness of it. Forgive yourself because we say and do things that. You know, you look back on it a week later and you're like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? And now you're holding yourself, you know, uh, you're holding yourself accountable, but you won't forgive yourself for doing that thing that, you know, yesterday was cast into the oven, of course, according to what the Bible says. So Mm -hmm. that's gone. That's over. His his mercy and his grace is new every day, Mm -hmm. every morning you wake up. So if he is doing that and he watches over despair, Mm -hmm. forgive yourself for forgive yourself first and when you have a forgiving uh, spirit and a forgiving heart for yourself it will be so easy to forgive others it 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 will he forgives us seven times seven and then some right so yeah definitely definitely that would be my advice
1: yeah thank you thank you for that and again with the lies did you experience any lies that you were believing through your childhood because for example my my wife grew up in a fatherless home as well and she believed lies like i'm not good enough those are the the common ones right i'm not good enough i don't have any worth things like this did you experience things like this and how did you overcome of course through god but what what else can you say about that
2: so i would say well the the this is my god father to me yeah. i mean if you're going to do black and white to me that that's that's yeah. what it is it's, it's the untruth it's a lie right But I think what happened was it wasn't so much the lies that were told to me that experience, but it was the lies as a result of me having what I thought was inadequacies around me that I started to believe. So because I did not have, I mean, pretty much I can remember my whole neighborhood with the exception of two homes was all mother and father. And so you start to tell yourself, well, my home doesn't look like that. And so you start to become more introverted and you think, okay, well, that does give you a feeling of, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. Um, I am not the best. I can never do that. I can never be that. Well, because this doesn't look like that, then, you know, that counts me out because I'm not worthy enough. So after you're feeding yourself all of these negative beliefs, you know, your paradigm starts to shift as in, I'm not good enough for anything. So there, there are the limiters, you know, that are placed on you now. And so those are the lies that you start to tell yourself. No one was feeding me those lies, but because from what I see from a child on up, you know, what I'm seeing is telling me that this lie must be true when in fact it's not. It's you know, it's it's not true. So even though I'm in prayer and I was praying, asking God, you know, for different things as as a child and, and older, sometimes I didn't know probably exactly what to pray for for myself. So if I'm seeing something, I'm praying, Okay, well, God, am I good enough? Instead of your word says I am. So having the authority on how to pray and how to believe was a factor that um, I say not having the 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 authority on how to pray was one of the things that really didn't help me um, when I was believing these negative lies that I was constantly feeding myself. And we're talking about 20 plus years of living those. And believing those different things. So that's a lot to overturn in time, to uproot and to really. And it was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of long nights. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of hurts. It was a lot of knots in the throat trying to yeah. really, you know, cast down those thoughts. I mean, you really have to get the word and say, okay, God says He created everything here. He created me. If He's saying that I'm the head and not the tail and I'm above and not beneath, that's what I am. And so you have to really walk that out to get that into your knower to your spirit and to walk in that confidence and that belief in us that his word is true
1: i, I think oh. that's a great point for our audience today is that those people who did experience the similar thing as you they're asking god am i worth it god am i worthy god do you love me look at the word the word says you are worthy you are confident in his love and i am i just we had a podcast guest on a few weeks ago and he He has a book about Hebrew, about the the Hebrew words translated to English and how we have some common misconceptions. And I was looking at it last night. One of those words is the refuge that David says, you are my refuge, God. And this word refuge means not that God just protects us in the storm, but he actually removes us from the storm. He takes us higher than the storm. And I'm like, whoa, that's incredible. And that's, that's right here for our audience today. God is not just protecting you, he's removing you from the storm and he is with us, he is for us. And so Sonia, thank you so much for all the things you shared today. A couple more things I wanna ask for our audience. What is one overall point that you can give us today? I, I think it's gonna be forgiveness, but maybe you have another thing. What is one overall point today?
2: Live from love. Yeah. Live from love. When you think about living from love, all of the adversities, all of the negative things, all the terrible and unforgiving things that we do and say to ourselves and do to others. When you live from love, love is not those things. Love is forgiving. Love is peace. Love is joy. Love is support. I would say that would be the overall. Always live from love. Live from love.
1: And it's just that simple. You know, we don't have to overcomplicate it. (laughs) We don't have to overcomplicate it. Not at all. Not at all. Excellent. And where can we find your book today? And how can we find you on social media? Maybe you have a website out there. How can we find you?
2: Um, My website is www.soniaysingle.com. So that is S-O-N-I-A-W-Y-S-I-N-G. G-L-E, i know my name is super long.com. And then you can find my book on Amazon. But you, if you go to my website, I have a link there where you can get over to Amazon and purchase the book. And right now I have it um, at a discounted rate so that people can get the book and leave me a wonderful review on Amazon.
1: Excellent. Do you have the ebook as well? Both of those I are on there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. It was an honor to meet you and to hear your story. And I can't wait for my wife to listen to your story and your testimony. And it's a wonderful thing. God is for you. God is for you. So if I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate it.
2: Okay. So is it okay? I'm going to close my eyes.
1: (laughs) No. Excellent. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes, but let's go. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Father God, I thank you so much that we are gathered here to fellowship, and to give your name the grace, the the praise, the honor, and the glory that it so deserves, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you know our purpose, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you are our path. Father, we thank you that we are protected and covered in the blood of Jesus, Lord God. We thank you that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord God, and we know that you take the foolishness into foolishness of man to confound the wise Lord God. I thank you Father even when we can't see our way Lord God we thank you that you are our our eyes Lord God. Even when we can't feel our way Lord God we thank you that you are our hands Lord God. And we thank you Father for being here with us on this day and that your mercy is new every morning. And I thank you that Father that we walk in peace and we walk in love and we continue to have a forgiving heart. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.